Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And if you're one of our patrons, this is your extended ad-free version of this week's show. But if you're not yet a patron but would like to get our ad-free extended versions or listen and interact with us live, head to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. You'll get instant access to our entire back catalogue of extended shows. And two people who have joined that uh, delightful posse of wonderful, beautiful patrons, Che Bennett, Toby Roberts, it's good to have you on board. Um, And also it's worth us noting that once again... Mr. Ian Morris and I are in the same room. Tis nice. It's getting to be a bit of a habit, this chief. I've got a beverage. You have, and I have to say, mate, you've got a delightful aroma today. I don't know what it's about you, but you walked past me and I thought, man, he smells good today. That'll either be um, all day at work right, or uh, just the general ambience of... uh, I think it's your natural scent. It's just you you, you give off this aroma that just makes me proud to have a nose. Well, that's very kind of you to say. Mm. Well, let's dive straight into this this swimming pool of news this week. Uh, We'll start with a breaststroke. Don't know what that means. John Lewis (laughs) is pulling the plug on DVD players. Uh, The DVD's days do appear indeed to be numbered, the BBC wrote this week after the retailer. Uh, said it would stop selling the players once found under almost every television. The firm said it would not put more players on shelves when stocks run out and that sales are down 40% as more people watch movies and shows on streaming platforms such as Netflix and Amazon. However, the BBC adds John Lewis will continue to sell Blu-ray players which can be used for standard DVDs as well. I'm not surprised at all by this, Ian. I suppose I'm surprised that it's happening at a very large retailer um, to begin with, as opposed to smaller ones who maybe, you know... Well, they might have given up already, presumably. Well, I suppose there is always that, yeah. John Lewis has got plenty of room on shelves. It's got huge buildings. It could store a few DVD players. It's not really about that, is it? It's quite obvious that they've stopped selling. So having them in the warehouses just doesn't make any financial sense. Every every product you have in means you can't have a faster-moving line stored, um, and it's a waste of your valuable inventory. So it's better to heavily discount them, get rid of them, and get people to buy Blu-ray players. And you can get a Blu-ray player for probably not much more than a DVD player. I remember uh, recently... Someone was mentioning DVD players, and I had a look, and I was surprised to see that they're still sort of 20 or 30 quid, which doesn't sound like a lot, and it isn't really, for considering you're buying a machine uh, that someone has to assemble, um, but uh, Blu-ray players, not much more, honestly, so you might as well just get a Blu-ray player, you can play both discs, there's no real disadvantage, in fact, a lot of Blu-ray players are probably slightly better than DVD players on playing DVDs, so yeah, I don't have a problem with this, I feel like it's almost... A little bit late, if anything. Well, I I, I thought that as well. But then I realised that if you are aged 22, you are younger than DVD. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of staggering in a way, isn't it? 1995 is when it was um, when it was invented. Yeah. And of course, it stands now for digital versatile disc, but initially it stood for digital video disc. I'm not even sure if it did. I think it was always digital versatile disc. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that, they, um, that people just got it wrong. Hmm. I mean, it was always versatile. 
I remember. But it was always mostly video. I think we should do some reminiscing. Well, it was always mostly video. Yes, I mean, it was... I suppose it was kind of a... We'll, we'll parallel this with HDDVD in a minute. Um, DVD, obviously, was very big in computing. So one of the reasons that DVD took off... Well, I say one of the reasons, it's probably probably not actually true, but one of the reasons I was able to adopt DVD so early, right, within the first year or so of it hitting the market, was that it was possible to buy a computer DVD drive uh, that came with a hardware MPEG-2 decoder. Yes. Like, it was a Creative Labs thing. So yes. I bought the first one of those, and I think it cost me... A little bit more than a hundred quid. This was at a time when DVD players were three or four or five hundred pounds. Uh, when I was at university then, and I th- assume this was around ninety-seven, maybe a bit later. Um, <clears throat> and so I thought, well, this is a great opportunity to get into this format. Um, and it it barely costs any more than you know, like a a normal DVD drive. Um, and, you know, like a not a normal a DVD CD, drive. a, a CD, CD. You know, yeah. like it, it was it was inconsequentially cheap, even for a student. And obviously, I was always happy to invest in things like this. Um, now, obviously, it it took a long time for DVD to really become a data format, didn't it? Because it was obviously it was it was big in PCs eventually, but initially it was much more about you know easy access to movies um, and the picture quality was unlike anything we'd ever seen before the step from VHS to DVD arguably hasn't ever been there's never been more of a gap between two things um, DVD to Blu-ray is great Blu-ray is an amazing format like in terms of quality um, but the the step from going from 240 lines to I what 625 or whatever it was digitally was such an enormous thing and the sound quality was just amazing um and of course early dvd was beset with problems there were discs that you had to turn over halfway through the movie um eventually a lot of those got replaced because um they what they wanted to do is they had dual layer from the start but they were expensive and complicated to manufacture so they didn't bother doing it um and then eventually as time went on obviously that was became cheaper but a lot of companies like uh, disney buena vista had films like armageddon on flipper discs and everyone was like no this is not acceptable for a DVD, uh, so they replaced them all for free. You just sent your old disc back, and in some ways, I kind of regret getting rid of that DVD because uh, you know I could have, I could still be holding on to that original flip disc. It's probably worth money. Well, um, it's interesting that John Lewis has taken this uh, moment to uh, to say it won't stock anymore uh, DVD players because it was only last year that digital streaming services overtook the sales of um, DVDs and Blu-rays for the first time. That was only last year. I'm going to lament this, though, because as good as streaming services are, and as much as I like using them, they will never eclipse the quality of a proper disc. You know, having a streaming from Netflix in 1080p is great, but a Blu-ray or a, an HD DVD will generally look a lot better. So I think it's a shame in a way. Would you like to hear a couple of other stats I that, I, to. that I found out about uh, other things John Lewis has said about the rise and fall of technology? Um, here, here's one. Here it comes. Uh, it said that 55-inch televisions are now the most popular screen size in the UK compared to 36 inches eight years ago. And I vividly remember my first ever widescreen television was 28 inches, and that at the time was massive. Um, actually, it's funny. Another example of us uh, being very similar, my first widescreen TV was 28 inches as well. I had a Hitachi CRT that I got, again, at university, plugged my computer into it so I could watch blue uh, DVDs. Mine was a Philips 
oh, I remember that thing. Mm-hmm. You eventually inherited it for free, didn't you? Because the oh. company renting it to you went bust. Uh, no. Or was that a different one? That was a different one. No, I'm talking about much, much, longer, oh, right. much longer ago than that. Um, uh, the other the other fact here from John Lewis is that the sale of smart doorbells, which are the ones that can be linked to Wi-Fi and smartphones, are up 368%, sorry, 367% compared to last year. Smart doorbells, and this one, now this one really g- gave me pause, robotic lawnmowers are up 75%. Robotic lawnmowers, can you believe it? That could just, I mean, seven, being up 75%. Is meaningless. Yeah, it's sold seventy-five two. instead of one. Yes, exactly. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what is your favourite inch size for televisions? Uh, do you remember your first inch size TV uh, in the widescreen era? Was it a flat panel? Was it a curved CRT? We are here on the edge of my seat, Ian. You can verify. I, well, I am as well, actually. Can you see how... Oh, this? yes, very much so. Right on the edge of my seat. Awaiting the emails, hello at techpodcast.uk. What is your favourite number of inches? You're used to hearing the smooth, velvet sound of Nate's voice drizzled over your ears like a warm eardrum syrup. Topped off with the freshly squeezed citrus tang of an Ian Morris opinion. Supporters of the show at patreon.com forward slash UK tech enjoy second helpings every week. So pull up a chair, find your nearest spoon, and tuck into a sumptuous extra helping with no commitment. If you have any allergies, please inform a waiter. Amazon is launching something exclusively for you and I, Ian. Oh, really? Designed just for for, for people like us, nerds with beards mm. and uh, hairstyles. Um, <laughs> Am- it's launching a try-before-you-buy fashion service in the UK, which actually makes, um, or rather marks, the online retailer's latest push into the clothing market. This is according to words written by The Guardian this week. The paper said that Prime Wardrobe delivers a bag of three to eight clothing items Uh, with no upfront charge and free delivery for people signed up to its subscription service. Shoppers are offered discounts related to the number of items they choose to keep, beginning with £5 off when they choose items worth £100 or more and £20 discounts if they keep items worth £200 or more. Shoppers can return any unwanted items free of charge within one week. Hmm. I like to think that a pair of socks would count as one item of clothing and not two. It would be one item, but... Um, or I suppose if you only had one foot, you might feel slightly no, put out. because then you'd get double the amount of sock wear. Of course, yeah, they fit on both feet. Yeah. I'm not good with socks. <laughs> no, uh, but I know that, that is, and I can confirm to our listeners that that is true. I Yeah, I can't. Yeah, that's a story for another day, boys and girls. Um, the UK is actually the third country to, to get this service, The Guardian said, uh, which started in the US in June and launched in Japan last week. Now... Ian, I said that we are not really... I said that we are the target market, but of course that was just my wonderfully, predictably ironic way (laughs) of of highlighting the fact that you and I are not the target market at all. Um, In terms of online sales, and I've looked up some stats because of course I have uh, for this, the the, the market really is is women aged 16 to 30, apparently. Um, They're actually the target of a lot of these sorts of services. And it launches on the back of companies like ASOS uh, and Boohoo doing incredibly well at the expense of retailers like Marks and Spencer and Debenhams. They've seen, uh, you know, declining sales, while Boohoo 
for example, in particular, has been reporting massive successes. It even bought two other online clothing brands called Nasty Gal and Pretty Little Thing. I've never bought anything from either, but I doubt I'm their target. But I do see their ads on the on the tube quite a lot. Um, and also, the growth in subscription clothes, I think, is is growing in popularity, particularly in the US. But I think here as well, it's really starting to catch on. Um, so it's it, to me, it's sort of no surprise Amazon's getting in in the game. And and obviously, it sold shoes and clothes. Um, for, for quite a number of years now mm. um but i but i'm intrigued by this because it feels like uh, you know an incredibly narrow margin business to a certain extent so you've got to have all that stock you've got to facilitate returns it's um it must be challenging i and- think that they know full well that the returns are not so much of an issue as you might think um i really like the idea of this i've got to admit because one of the things i hate is shopping and one of the things I particularly hate is clothes shopping. Me too. Um, <clears throat> I just I just hate the process of going into a shop and trying stuff on. It just I just don't find it enjoyable. I mean, I don't think anyone does really. Um, so for me, it's um, it's a good idea. It means I could go through and get myself something. You know, look look on the site, see the people wearing the clothes, get the things, put it on in my own home, spend five minutes deciding if I like it. If I don't, package it up, send it back. It sounds great. And because Amazon's delivery service is pretty good. I'd be pretty confident that you know nothing would go wrong, and uh, you know I wouldn't get charged for stuff I don't want. Uh, it, and it, I suppose it also gives you an opportunity to take risks. And also, I sort of find that, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but it might not sound ridiculous at all. Um, I find some shops quite intimidating that I just wouldn't go into them. Victoria's Secret. Well, Anne um, Summers. I know I'm strangely com- comfortable in Victoria's Secret. No, actually, it, I've seen that in person. You are, <laughs> aren't you? Yes, very relaxed amongst the lingerie, mm. um, but. I, th- I just sort of feel like it's it's a good way to expand your sort of ideas about what you would wear, perhaps, and without you know having to go into a shop and look like an idiot and feel like an idiot and feel the eyes of a thousand cooler people on you. Yeah, like so. If I walk, I would never walk into a tutu shop mm. and and try on a tutu in public because yeah. I'd feel like I look like an idiot. You'd feel self conscious, very self conscious. I think you'd look great in a tutu, but it would still prey on your mind. I know mate, that, mate. I'll be honest. I know I look great in a tutu, <laughs> and I do have a photograph of it from when <laughs> I was it. age nineteen. I'll show you later. At the yeah, I, I, of course you will because you have every photo ever taken of you that's correct um but if i wanted to buy and wear a tutu uh, in my own home i'd feel much more comfortable buying it off amazon yes absolutely i just think it's, it's and it's more convenient in a lot of ways especially if you don't have a lot of time i just give you an example right obviously i am i am i've only just started working full-time again mm-hmm. um it is amazing how little time you have when you work full time. It's staggering, and all the shops close when you leave work. That yes, I, which <laughs> baffles bet- me. That's better now, I think. Shops better now in London. It is better. Yes, in in other towns, as soon as you're not able to go to a shop, yeah. they open. As soon as you're free from work and able to go to a shop, they close. They close. Yeah, yeah, and then that's true, and that's true of almost everything, isn't it? It's like, you know, it must be it must be great working in a bank because there's no one ever there during mm. the day because they're at work like you are but carry on telling me about yeah. your you, you've just worked you're working full-time again yeah so i it, this is all about sort of servicing the needs of the, the of the, the majority of the public who are busy and increasingly busy i feel you know i've i've been working on the I'm, i've been i've been the only person on you know tech this week at the mirror so um it does i'm not expected to work longer but it just naturally occurs that you sort of do stick around a bit just in case you know you do a bit more whatever you try and get try and provide a good service um and it just you're just staggering how little time you have so for me you know go on the amazon site pick a piece of clothing that you think might look good get it to your house it's there when you get home 
if you if it doesn't look good on you, send it back. It's just great. I like it. Mm. I would be very tempted by this. Uh, and I have to admit, I would be too, as long as the brands were right. I mean, I have a very limited wardrobe. I don't own anything of colour. Um, I mostly buy black t-shirts, hoodies. Um, you might be surprised, though. I mean, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I don't. I don't. I think your look is fine. I, d- I don't have any objections to uh, me too. And and or, or it's from All Saints, or at the moment it's from TM Lewin because I work in the financial district. So you do I have to wear shirts on occasion. But so do I, and I don't give two hoots. No, I don't give any hoots, mate. The number of hoots you can count them on one hand with no fingers, <laughs> as to those given by me. Um, but um, obviously, we've acknowledged that um, in all seriousness, we're probably not really the target market for this sort of service. But you out there in listener land, you dwellers of uh, of Podville, uh, you may very well be the market, and uh, I'm very interested to know if you're going to be trying this service out if you have already uh, and what your experiences are with buying these kind of products clothes that is in britain do you have a subscription box are they even any good let us know hello at techpodcast.uk ian and i have to talk about the new ipad pro if yes. you are not interested in the iPad Pro, simply skip forward six or seven minutes. I'll tell you, you should be interested. Well, it's the first time in quite a number of years that I think the iPad has made enough of a leap forward that people on even a fairly recent model might want to consider oh, yes. upgrading. Because it's been much of a muchness up to this point. The design has basically been the same since the first day. You know, you could argue that when it got a Retina display, that was a big um, overhaul. But realistically, this is the first time that it has radically stepped forward, at least in terms of aesthetics. Let's just go through a few specs uh, for those of you who uh, weren't privy to the news this week. Um, the new iPad Pro has an 11-inch sc- uh, screen. It's full screen. It doesn't have a home button. It also doesn't have a notch uh, like the iPhone uh, 10 does and uh, indeed most uh, phones now, uh, which means it also supports Face ID for optical um, biometric recognition of, of, of the face. They're, um, they're about a millimetre thinner than uh, than the last models were, so they're 5.9 millimetres thick, as opposed to, uh, well, a millimetre larger than that uh, last year. It's also ditched the lightning connector, so no more proprietary connector. It's got a USB-C port, uh, which means that it can connect to any uh, USB-C uh, peripheral, at least technically it can. It has lost the headphone jack, which is not something that I noticed in the um, in the in the keynote when I watched it, but it is something that I noticed when I was reading Ars Technica's uh, write up that it, it didn't have a, a jack. Um, and it's also got a new processor, blah blah blah, massive leap in performance apparently. But as is the case, by the mm. time apps come out that really take advantage of it, the next model's out. Safe to say though, it's a beast. And I did notice that. Um, in follow-up to Apple's claim that this was powerful than the majority of laptops on the market, including their own, Geekbench results have appeared online. Yes, that's, that's I've su- got one. Yeah, that suggests that actually it is as powerful as you know even some of Apple's latest 2018 MacBook Pros. Well, here we go. Someone on uh, Twitter, uh, Steve uh, Troughton-Smith, said, Holy mother of Geekbench, the new iPad is faster in both single and multi-core than my i7 gaming PC by a lot. Um, so, single core performance on the iPad uh, is uh, 5,020, apparently. His computer is 4,314. Uh, multi-core on the iPad is um, 18,217. Uh, multi-core on his i7 is 14,063. That is 
staggering. It is absolutely staggering. And we wanted to talk a little bit about why we're excited about this. Ian and I both iPad users, big iPad fans. We're both using them at this very second. We are. And indeed, I, as we've discussed in recent episodes, I use my iPad more than I use my phone by a large margin. Um, I am particularly excited about the um, the, 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 um, the new screen uh, design mm. for this because um, a smaller footprint but a bigger screen is yeah, always attractive. And it's going to make these old iPad Pros look really clunky. Yeah. But I think the thing that excites me most, I wanted to sort of pick out one thing in particular that we were excited about with these. Um, and for me, the thing that excites me most is honestly the move to USB-C mm. because with that, you can drive an external display. Like, yes. You can't do that. And this on- was all, I mean, I wouldn't say it was overlooked, but it was definitely something that I thought should have been much more of an excitement point for people. Well, think about it. Potentially, there's no reason why, unless Apple blocks it, we just don't know it yet, you can't plug in a USB-C dock essentially into that port mm. none of which exist really for for lightning you can connect a monitor you can you've already got your keyboard connected you can connect a dslr camera uh, or or some other peripheral microphone for podcast recording yes or two microphones for podcast recording exactly like we're doing right now um and that to me is a game changer because a lot of the time we've seen these devices as becoming as powerful as as, as computers, getting better with multitasking. Mm. And, and this is true of Android as well. This isn't even just limited to the iPads. They have become almost capable of being PC replacements, but the interfaces, the UI, aren't designed in a way that lets people multitask in yes. the way that a lot of people and do. And that is a big frustration with iPad. It's, it's not so much that... Um, you can't do it. It's just that it isn't quite as good as it would be on a laptop. I can't I can't sit at my desk at work where I have three monitors. I have Windows running in a virtual machine on one screen. I have, obviously, uh, Mac OS running on the other. I have probably 10, 12 apps open at any one time, multiple browser tabs all overlaid on each other. Like, that's not a job I can do on my iPad. Mm. But a lot of people can do their jobs on an iPad. And I think that having that flexibility with the USB-C connection Connector and the power internally to multitask presumably very efficiently. I mean, it's got eight cores for crying out loud yeah. on, on that CPU. That you know that that's probably the most exciting thing for me and the thing I'm most looking forward to being able to try out. Yes, and also it's become very clear to me um, that proper Mac apps are coming to the iPad. So Adobe made this big announcement some time ago, saying that they were bringing proper Photoshop to the iPad. And they were demonstrating that at the keynote, weren't they? Um, I feel like this is a step towards exactly what needed to happen. First Photoshop, it won't be long before Premiere's on board, um, you know, Audacity, their audio, not not Audacity, Audition, their Mm -hmm. audio editing thing. These are all applications that need a pretty decent PC to run on. The Given the optimizations that Apple has made, and this is what it's all about, isn't it? It's not so much that these are competing with PCs in a traditional sense. It's that they've been designed from the ground up and as such are now competing in terms of what you can do with them, the power. Um, The Bionic processor is just a phenomenal thing. It really is. I mean, the speed of these things is really... It's staggering to me because I'm old and I grew up with computers and I'm like, I don't know how they've done this. How have they done this? Why aren't laptops like this? Kind of, and but it's obvious. It's about hardware optimization, um, and that's something that started with probably with GPUs and sort of the understanding that different things can do different tasks. So is is that is that the? It, I wanted to pick one highlight. I yeah. pick USB C and that and that PC like potential. Is your is your highlight the fact that this is the first time we're really seeing desktop class 
kind of. Okay. Kind of. Um, for me, I'm so. I, I'll do I'll do a positive and then I'll and then I'll go into why I think that Apple needs to have a little think. Um, yes, but I've already been working on the iPad Pro for some time. Um, you know, I've I've got a, a MacBook now. Um, I bought Nate's old MacBook of him, um, and I use that and it's lo- and I love it. It's absolutely phenomenal. However, I can do almost everything that I can do on that on um, an iPad. And aside from the fact that it's a slightly less user-friendly experience, it requires accessories like the keyboard, which are expensive. I mean, you know, you could spend more on an iPad. In fact, the top spec price of an iPad Pro 3 is nearly... Is it nearly two grand? It's, well, Andy actually specced it up... Um uh, this week, and if you take the very top spec, largest iPad Pro, add in the pencil and the mm. keyboard, it's about two thousand one hundred pounds. Yes, yeah. and you, uh, and also, uh, I'm very skeptical of the fact that people need a terabyte of storage or two. What is it? It's a terabyte. Isn't a it? terabyte is the is the biggest, and also weirdly, if you get the terabyte one, that model has six gig of yeah, RAM. I don't. I, I'm not going to go falling down this trap because, um, frankly, Apple was never needed excesses amounts of RAM to do it. I think there's probably a reason for that. I think if you've got that much storage, you might need a bit more RAM to manage it. I don't know what the ins and outs of it are, but there must be a reason. Um, <clears throat> I doubt it will make much difference to performance because apps are designed for the entry-level iPad, which has significantly less. Um, so yes, it, it is It is for me a lot about the performance. It's about the fact that these are much smaller and lighter than laptops. Even the lightest and thinnest laptop can't compete. There's lots of gaming demos they've shown. I, I don't find it particularly enjoyable to game on a tablet. It's not what I'm interested in. Oh, now, we're going to come to that shortly. Sure. Now, what I would say is that iOS is a bit of a problem. Um, n- not that I don't think it's a good operating system because it really is, but it is. It's designed for touch, and it means that you know adding in peripherals is good. But Apple still doesn't allow you to use a mouse, does it? With iPads, you can use a keyboard, but you can't use a. There are there are apps and and peripherals that you can get yeah. that create a mouse-like experience. It's a bit of a hack, isn't it's it? It's not really no, no. And I mean, I think that that probably will come. I think Apple's probably going to be focusing quite heavily on the iPad and iOS uh, because it is very clear that what they are pushing here is a near laptop-like experience. And I don't think they'll use a mouse because a mouse. You know, it's the mice have existed since the, like the seventies. Whereas, yeah. and, and technically, so is a stylus. But when you look at the the ergonomics of a of a stylus and what Apple's doing with the Apple Pencil, what Microsoft's doing with a pen that comes mm. with the Surface laptops, like they are incredibly capable. They're not like styluses that that Steve Jobs derided when he announced oh, the no. iPhone, saying, "Who wants an I, a stylus? Yuck!" You know, he was referring to the kind that are used on Blackberries and and yeah. Palm Pilots and things at the time. Well, but now, also, but now, a- you've got these amazing. You know, they've got thousands of levels of sensitivity, mm. touch buttons down the side, and designers have been using them for years. All that's happening now is that they're being reappropriated into um, into iPads for for regular regular consumers, not just creatives. And and I think that that's probably the way Apple wants to push it. Yeah, absolutely. And so so you know, f- from that perspective, I'm I'm very excited. The power seems great. I just wish that there was a little bit more. And the multitasking on iOS is not brilliant, um, and it's not brilliant by design because obviously Apple does things to save battery life. Um, I'll give you an example. If you've got an application that needs to be permanently connected to the internet, for example, a terminal window connected to a Linux machine somewhere because you're, you know, doing some website development, or whatever, it's not particularly easy to do that on an iPad because when you switch away from it, it will usually lose the connection after a little while. After a little while, um, and you know, and th- there are ways around that. So, for example, if Apple made a terminal client, it would probably be able to stay connected. But that's 
by the by. It's it's little things that make it fractionally less usable. But I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I've I've worked on these things. I've done all sorts of projects. I've taken just iPads to trade shows and managed with them. I've done video editing on them. I've put videos up on the internet for people to watch that were shot on an iPhone and edited on an iPad. Um, just purely, just out of interest. Can it be done? Yes, it turns out it can. So. Well, the, the um, for those of you who aren't aware of this, there's a new album from the band Muse, which I'm uh, a big fan of, uh, that com- comes out next this month, I think. And I found out recently that the cover for the Muse album was drawn entirely on an iPad Pro oh, really? with an Apple Pencil. That doesn't surprise me, though. I yeah. think artists are doing really good things with it. Um, I'm, 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 I, in, in a way, I'm sad. Lightning is obviously dead. That is it. It, there will not be lightning ports on the next generation of iPhones. It's clear that that's the end of it. I could believe it. And, and I mean, good, really. I mean, it, it, USB-C is, owes a lot to Apple, doesn't it? I think, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a standard, you know, a, a set of things that Apple has had a, a lot of input in. So it's not surprising they went that way. Um, and in, in a lot of ways, it's good. It will keep the EU off their tail, for one thing. Yeah, that's true. I think that's um, we're going to end the debate there and turn over to some messages that we had from uh, listeners ahead of recording this show um, about uh, the iPad, new iPad Pro. Uh, Stephen Huxtable says the thing he's most excited about was the ability, the ability to charge your iPhone, or indeed I think any device, from the iPad, which that's, that kind of reverse charging was something I only saw for the first time a f- couple of weeks ago when Huawei announced the Mate 20, which has a wireless charging feature that means if you have a wireless, wirelessly chargeable mm. accessory, you can hold it or put it on the back of the phone, and the phone will charge the accessory. So I agree. I think that'd be good because the battery capacities in the iPads are generally massive. Um, John Evans says a big question for me: Do you think as the software on the iPad improves, uh, Photoshop being the example, will iPad Pros replace laptops entirely? I think we've kind of covered that, but um, already. But I do think that that's a question that a lot of people are now going to start asking themselves. Um, Indeed, uh, Battery HQ as well says full fat Photoshop's rem- Photoshop remains the most exciting thing about any iPad. Al Struthers uh, wrote in, he says, I feel like the outsider here. I'm just not that fussed about it. Um, then it doesn't really fit into my tech use. He says he already has an iPad for work, but it's purely for email, photos and notes, really. I use a laptop in the office, have a MacBook Pro for home and an iPhone. Covers all bases. My three-year-old iPad, uh, or my three-year-old has occasional, occasional use of an iPad 2. So painfully slow, he says. I assume he means the tablet not his child um and as much as i'd like to spend that speed that up a pro is definitely not needed but they are cool um it, indeed and aha wrote in as well with a similar thought they look nice but still no professional use case for an ipad for me too much of what i do needs a full laptop so it would just be another thing to carry and there's no way i'd pay that to surf in front of the tv or watch netflix no i mean that's why they're keeping all the non-pro models on sale we've been talking about the ipad pro particularly but yeah the the, the i say cheaper they're still about <laughs> 350 quid those ipads are still available uh and finally richard taylor obviously a man after my own heart here uh, USB-C, very welcome addition i do wish they had the foresight to use that on the iphone 10 though um yeah i'd agree but no, as ian said it's, earlier it's coming it's, I mean, they, there's no way they're going to start moving one range to it and not all of it because you know macbook ipad now it's it's a progression hmm. and it will happen if you've been affected by any of the issues on this week's program please feel free to tell us about them using hello at techpodcast.uk if you've not been affected someone reading itunes reviews might have nothing says issues solved like a five-star rating
Well, that's going to do it uh, for our stories and discussion this week. Uh, do let us know any thoughts you have to this or any other tech topic. We have some emails sitting in the inbox, but uh, we filled this show up with stuff about iPads. So apologies about that, but we'll get to those next week. Hello at techpodcast.uk. And thank you again, obviously, to our patrons supporting us every week. If you're not yet a patron, please do consider uh, joining us there for the ad-free extended versions of each week's show. You are keeping Ian and I in fresh underwear. We've now fortunately stopped sharing it we can afford to buy our own pants a, a pair of pants each mate we, we have could... an amazon subscription to pants who would have thought that ian and i would one day have our own pair of pants um but uh but if just a few more patrons a month and we'll stop turning them inside out <laughs> uh, to double the use time uh, help us finish the month with one more patron than we had last month please patreon.com slash uk tech yes and drop us a line send comments to hello at techpodcast.uk and follow us on twitter it's at textmessagepod to keep up to date with the most important uk technology headlines throughout the week and thanks to everyone listening to us on our free ad supported feed if you have a minute leave us a review on itunes it's the best way of supporting us without spending a penny it is we talk a lot about patreon but we couldn't do the show with we couldn't do the show for patrons without people on the free feed indeed telling people about it enjoying it and leaving us reviews uh, both are equally valuable in our eyes so thank you however you listen and however you support uh, and with that from me Nate Langson and me Ian Morris we'll see you wonderful people in a week you've been listening to text message with your host Nate Langson if you get value from the show please consider joining our many supporters on Patreon. You can get access to a version of the show every week with no ads and as much as 40% more discussion every time. There's no obligation, so why not try a month by going to patreon.com forward slash UK tech or looking for the link in this episode's description. 